0: With Con Air Girl Bomb, Available at Walgreens.
1: This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network.
0: Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts.
2: everybody. I'm Philadelphia. 76ers.
1: Good morning and welcome back to another post Sixers win Twitter space presented by Parks. I'm Lauren Rosen. Matt Murphy and Devon Givens are joining me momentarily to talk all things game three. And what a game three it was. Joel Embiid seals the deal in the final seconds. The crowd in Toronto silenced for perhaps the first time all night. Let's be honest. It was an absolutely wonderful, memorable moment, and we're going to break it all down for you. Matt Murphy, Devon Givens, good morning. What did you think of what we all witnessed last night?
0: What's up, Miss Rosen? What's up, Devon Givens? 104-101 in overtime. The Sixers go up 3-0 on the Toronto Raptors. I've got the rewatch going right now. Right now, the Sixers are trailing the Raptors 95 90 with about two minutes left, so I'm I think I know what's going to happen because I just gave the final score. But it was that type of game, one that you just want to talk about. So I'm glad to be here on Sixers Twitter Spaces. Can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Joel Embiid shot, the game winning shot at the end of overtime. Can't wait to hear Devon Given's thoughts on that and more. But let's start with that, Devon. The shot from Joel Embiid, what were you thinking?
2: I was thinking going into the timeout. First of all, great timeout by Doc Rivers. Good morning, Lauren, Matt, everyone out there. Really appreciate always being here with you. I was thinking who's going to take the shot with 0.9 seconds left on the on the shot clock. And uh, how are they going to design this? Are they going to go green or Niang because they have such a quick release or will they design something else for Maxi or Harris or even indeed. And great great play call from Doc Rivers at ATO. Great screen by Tobias Harris to set things up. You know, just as you say, you're watching it over. I've watched that shot so many times now. And just to see the execution of it all after struggling a bit in execution and the, the regulation and overtime to, to get that one done properly. And, of course, the shot to go down. Uh, this game had it all. So it was a fun one. I can't wait to talk about it with everybody.
1: We're going to get into the box score in just a second. And as always, as I run through the box score, make sure you are sending DMs and comments to let us know what stands out to you. But as is often the case, Tyrese Maxey, able to accurately articulate uh, what we all saw last night post-game, he explained, I'm going to read it off real quick, what I saw for the entirety of that one in a simple couple of sentences. He said, Tyrese, they're not all pretty. But the only thing that matters is when it's all zeros on the clock, we have more points than them and have more points than them. The 76ers did. They take a three Oh lead in this series. The final score one Oh four to one Oh one Tobias Harris finished with 11 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, a steal and a block. Joel Embiid finished with 33 points, 13 rebounds, two assists and a block. Tyrese Maxey and James Harden each add 19 Harden. Had a 19.10 assist double double plus six rebounds. He did end up ultimately fouling out, unable to play in that overtime period, but up until then was really doing some big things for the Sixers, pacing them, sharing really well. Tyrese added four points to his nine, four rebounds to his 19 points. Danny Green finished with nine points, seven rebounds, an assist, and two steals. George Niang led the bench once again, nine points, two rebounds, three for four from the field, three for four from deep. He played 23 minutes last night. Guys, when I read those through, obviously Joel's stat line, the 33-point, 13-rebound double-double does stand out. But we have to talk about the fact that the Sixers never led in regulation. They started tied, they ended tied, never took a lead to force overtime. Like Tyrese Maxey said, it wasn't the prettiest one. But they still managed to get it done, and I'm going to be thinking about that, guys, all day long.
0: I often get the first pick for my box score takeaway, so I'm going to flip it. Devon, I think, has gotten one or two in recent shows, but I want him to have the first pick today. I don't think he's going to steal um, my selection for box score takeaway because it's kind of subtle. So, Devon, whether it's an individual or a team stat from game three, what's one of your top takeaways, if not the top takeaway?
2: It was for me. I appreciate that, Matt. Uh, It was for me, James Harden. Uh, Yes, the 19 points and the 10 assists, but it was how it it was done, how it happened. Because with the team being down by 10 after one and then in the second quarter as well, uh, to still trail that way at the break, he was the one to me that kept them in it in the first half and allowed them to have that life in the third quarter where they stepped it up, outscoring the Raptors by nine and certainly by one, enough to force the overtime. And unfortunately, fouling out. However, uh, with Embiid struggling with the five points in the first half and uh, no one else really getting it going like that, I thought that Harden, the thing that stands out, of course, is him fouling out, but we can't lose sight of while they were struggling the way that they were, and him understanding that he probably needed to step up in that moment and put some points on the board to stop the bleeding, if you will. And the 19 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, all looks great. Three turnovers, 7 of 13, as Lauren mentioned, 2 of 4 from beyond. I I just felt like beyond the box score overall, his impact in the first half, keeping them in it, is something that really stands out for me.
0: That's a strong pick. And from the team perspective, what I'm going with is just the free throw column, not how many teams took because it was pretty even, but the misses and when they came. So the the Sixers were 15 of 20, uh, some room for improvement, and the Raptors were 12 for 18, but specifically Precious Achua missing both free throws with 27.5 seconds left in a 95-95 game that it ends up going to overtime. So just free throw shooting and and some of the misses and how the game would have transpired or or would have looked differently down the stretch and what would have been needed. That's kind of when I look at the box score, what I'm thinking about, but I don't want to move past the Embiid shot and and Harden's points and assists and all that. But I I really want to hear people's reactions. Like, where were you? What were you thinking? What were you doing when, when the shot goes in in overtime? So if you want to click on my icon and send me, a DM with your reaction to the Joel Embiid shot. I'll get to as many of those as I can. And we want to get to your questions as well, Lauren. I know you asked people at the top of the show for questions. I think we can dive right into uh, the first few that people got into you.
1: Not a ton of questions, Matt, but lots of comments that I think are worth reading. John says, Joel, as he's been doing all year long, proving why he's the undisputed MVP of the league. I am just in awe of him. Lots of people chiming in about Joel Embiid. Um, let me see where else we can go. Kevin says he's the best player I've ever watched in my entire life doing so at 7-2. Nonetheless, absolutely phenomenal to see what he was able to do in a crunch time situation. And again, I mentioned it already. I've been so impressed thinking back over the game that the Sixers never led until that overtime period. Tyrese Maxey give, gave the Sixers their first lead of the entire game early. In, sorry, early in overtime. So I can't believe what they were able to do last night. I'm still somewhat in shock. But Joel really showing exactly why he has been now an MVP finalist for two consecutive seasons. But this year, he just seems even better than he was almost hard to believe um, that last shot. I don't know, man, Devon, what was your reaction? I'm curious when you saw it when you saw it go down
2: yeah, so I was in the fanatic studios, getting ready for the post game show, and um obviously watching the scene of the play develop. and I just just stood up and, yeah, you' just out of my seat because of I didn't expect it to to fall to be perfectly honest with you because. You know, the, you know, the detail of it You go into it simply because He had to, catch, first of all The screen by Tobias Harris once again The play call in general was really good Then Danny Green with the perfect pass As beat slips to the bit, to the sideline And we know he's a big individual So he has big feet That's a tight corner over there Where that three-point three line is To the out-of-bounds line uh, To keep his feet inbound Square up and not rush the shot Lauren and Matt a lot of times we see where you can try to, again, with 0.9 seconds, you're just trying to get the ball up and get a good look and get a good shot off and try to hit the rim, but certainly make the shot. No air ball, no short, no long. He drilled it. And uh, it was just pure, pure excitement, not just from me, but everybody that was in the studio as we were all proud of the um, broadcast as far as the radio side goes. And uh, it, was, it was really cool to see. And. That's what superstars do. They find a way to do it. And he's now one, uh, putting on his shoulders two games, these last two games, two and three, where your superstar has stepped up in the big way for his 20 po- 28 points in the second half, capped off by that amazing, uh, amazing shot there. That's probably a defining shot for him right now in his career.
0: What a hey, it's Joe Conklin. Join me for Conklin's Comedy Night at Parks Casino, the number one casino in Pennsylvania and the official local casino partner of your Philadelphia 76ers. Tune in to 76ers Games for special Parks Casino offers for fans. Watch all the action on the big screens at the Liberty Bell Gastro Pub or the Beer Garden. And come see me live with comedians from all across the country in 360 at Parks Casino. Visit parkscasino.com for tickets. Must be 21 or older, to to come home? So I've got a lot of reactions to the Embiid shot coming in, and they're so good by the, the quick glance at everyone's reactions of where they were, what they were doing when Joel hits the shot at the end of overtime to win game three and go up 3-0 in Toronto. Fantastic finish. There's I'm going to spread them out a little bit uh, because we could do this all day. I'm, I'm going to try to go in order as much as possible, but Haley said standing on the couch, screaming. And standing is in all caps. Screaming is in all caps. And then Haley follows up and says, the chills were real. Uh, Kylie, I was in my room and my mom was dead asleep next door. I went insane, all caps. So that's that's like the vibe I'm getting. There's a lot of caps lock in these responses. Uh, Joel Embiid with the shot on the left wing, brought a lot of people to their feet. Some people, Lauren, in Toronto, to their knees on the court, court side. You sent me a video or uh, a certain angle of the Raptors fans that were behind the shot. And it literally, the shot took a lot out of those people.
1: Dude, that was crazy. That really did happen. Someone, that someone hilarious. really, I saw someone,
0: that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> go ahead, Devon.
2: It, no, it was hilarious because I was watching it and I said, "Is this guy? Is this guy? Did he just fall on his knees?" <laughs> and I, you know, just when the fall, when the shot dropped, the man fell to his knees. He really just took it like that because I was seeing Michael Rubin in the back, and then I was trying to watch it. And Lauren, you were there, so you have a better vantage point than we did. But uh, I did see that, and I I, I did laugh.
1: (laughs) Lundbust says, after last night, it's clear that Embiid is the best center in the league, and it's not close. No one is as dominant as Embiid when healthy. 76ers are a true contender. I like those thoughts. And and let's get into a primary plot line that I think we can't avoid when we talk about the Sixers winning big in Toronto. Ani says, how much do you think this win meant to Joel and Tobias since they were the two on the 2019 team when they played against Toronto and lost, and now they're 3-0 against Toronto with the emphatic victory. Uh, Shout-out, of course, to Furkan Korkmaz and Shake Milton, who were also there in 2019. Crazy how much has changed since then. But Joel and Tobias both addressed it. They talked about the history in the building. Everybody knows what happened in Game 7 a few years ago. Uh, And to come back now, both of them, Joel and Tobias specifically, Better basketball players, more mature basketball players, and true leaders. That year's team was a great team, but these two now are leaders. They're confident. Their teammates respect them. An absolutely awesome, awesome way, a poetic way for Joel to get back in Toronto for the first time in the playoffs since that game. Uh, Really cool when you think about it in the context of the history between these two teams, guys.
0: And with Joel, rewinding back towards the middle of the season at the All-Star game, I just wanted to hear from Joel reflecting on this point in his career and everything he's been through. And it was his fifth All-Star game. And he said something in the press conference towards the end. You just have to come out every single year and try to prove that you belong on this stage. And that's what I try to do. And the stage in that case was the all-star game, but it's really all stages for Joel Embiid. It's the playoffs, and yes, he wants the ultimate success, but this has been building for so many years, and the the people of Philadelphia, they love this guy, and they're rooting for him in every game, and games like last night especially, where he has a chance to go back into Toronto. The crowd is on him all game. In the first half, he scores five points, He goes off in the third quarter with the 18, plays the whole quarter, makes some big threes down the stretch. A couple of nice tying shots as well, not just threes, but a tying three at 98, the eventual game winner. And when you let off, Lauren, with the question and Joel plus Tobias and their other teammates with the history against Toronto, Devon, I I think players, teammates, they know certain games where they want to win one for their guy. It seemed like like Tobias and others, they they knew that Joel, it was a an arena where they all could use a win, but Joel especially wanted to prove something in, in Toronto. And he did that and more by winning the game. And everyone was on a mission down the stretch just to get that one done. But it, it feels like they really banded together around that concept of, of winning one in that building.
2: Yeah, and we all know what happened in 2019, the struggles that have really been there since then and how they played in that building, getting one in the regular season, sure, but there's nothing like the playoffs and in the manner that it happened, the way that they all did it, and of course, culminating into that, that game-winning shot that Joel Embiid had. So it had to feel good for him, especially with how I felt like he was a bit sped up in the first half. The Raptors defense, as we know, is, as they call it, the chaos, the Sixers have called their, you know, just controlled chaos of what they do and how they throw things at at him. You know, they, they sped him up. They got him out of out of what his comfort level has been through the first two games and what he likes to do. And he settled down a bit in the second half, had the 18 in the third, Matt, that you mentioned. And to also just do it the way that he did it in overtime with the five points and certainly that, that last one there. Uh, yeah, you have to imagine that they all wanted to get it done for, for Joel and because he was also on that floor when that shot happened. So... Uh, great to see them all come together and get this big win, take this commanding three-zero lead, and they have one more to do. They have a, still have a job to be done in that same building, and we'll see how they follow that one up from from uh, Thursday, from Wednesday night to Saturday afternoon.
1: Let's talk about Tobias Harris, guys. Doc Rivers immediately post game, I believe it was his first answer, said that Tobias Harris was the unsung hero of that victory. He said, Tobias was unbelievable tonight. And again, it doesn't always show in the stat sheet, but I love some of the DMs that I'm getting. Joel Jack Embiid says, Tobias looks phenomenal these past couple of months. He's hitting buckets in any way he can, all three levels in catching and shooting. I think he deserves seriously more credit. Uh, Caesar says, can we talk about how Tobias is the best defender in the series right now? He's guarding Siakam every game. He's switching onto guards and that defense on Trent Jr. Look, I don't know if we're necessarily ready to say that Tobias is the best defender in this series quite yet, but he very well could have been the best defender on the floor last night, and that's a part of his game that he's really worked on, and he has added relatively recently. Tobias Harris, not always known for his defensive skills, and in this series, he certainly has been. Siakam, the best player on the other team, shut down more than a couple times by Tobias Harris last night. Joel Embiid, immediately following the game, asked about his game winner. He, of course, being the humble king that he is, said, It was a great play call. Tobias set an amazing screen. Danny had a great pass. All I had to do was finish it. Lots of talk about Tobias's screen last night. Doc Rivers talked about it as well. Really cool to see the way that Tobias has talked for the last few months since the James Harden trade about learning to adapt and make a little impact everywhere he can. So if he's not scoring, we're we're pretty accustomed to seeing Tobias Harris do what he's done in games one and two, score 20 points, grab 10 rebounds. Last night, not scoring quite as much. Nobody really was, but Tobias was all over that game. I don't know if that shot happens without the Tobias Harris screen. I don't know if the Sixers tie things up. At the end of regulation without Tobias Harris defense really really cool to see him make his mark everywhere that he can his fingerprints are all over all three wins thus far Matt Murphy what have you made of what Tobias has been able to do so far
0: there were a lot of key plays down the stretch when you're gonna come back from 17 down on the road in a playoff game there are some crucial plays and I've mentioned a few of them already that weren't Tobias Harris but he's had his fair share In the series, in game three, the strip of Gary Trent Jr. with about two minutes left in overtime was a phenomenal defensive play. I loved what Tobias said after the game about the rebound at the end of regulation and how he's not going to talk about the call and apparently told his teammates in the huddle that if any if his guy got the ball, And it's funny, I'm actually watching the Tobias play right now. In my rewatch, it just came up, the overtime play against Gary Trent, but he dribbles it out after that with a one-point lead down the stretch of overtime uh, after stealing it. But told his guys, like, my guy's not scoring. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. But the focus that he's come with on catching and shooting on the offensive end in his defensive assignments, it has been evident through three games. And a big reason why the Sixers are up 3-0 in this series. I really liked his mindset. I like his mindset all series, Devon, about kind of it starting with defense and then it working out on the offensive end. But that's the right approach, to not dwell on the end of regulation because you had overtime coming up and he locked in on the defensive end.
2: There's nothing else you can do about it, but move on from it with the extra five minutes that you now have, especially with how the the game was in more of the favor of the Toronto Raptors, but uh, he listen, we, we talked about this in the uh, last spaces where we talked about Tobias Harris's defense. So it's good that you know everyone's seeing how, how well he's playing. the offensive numbers are there through the first two where he put up the 46 points total and the 11 last night. But let's not ignore the 12 rebounds that he had. Of course, that that play at 206 on Gary Trenton overtime session. He has played some really good defense and uh, the way he's able to stay in front of Pascal Siakam, at times switch on Fred VanVleet and get into that defensive stance and take pride in what he is doing. And they need it right now because they are missing their best perimeter defender on the road. They need all that they can get from someone else and stepping up and taking on that challenge with Thibel not there at the time. So. Uh, to see him do this and to see him evolve into this type of player right now in these big spots, because these are when these are when these players are born. These are when the, we we remember things and we talk about them later on in their careers of what plays were there. A lot of times, I would look at Tobias Harris and wonder when are those memorable plays going to be? And he has hit some big shots in the first two games and has some really big defensive stances in that game number three to help them win win the game as well. So. Hats off to Tobias Harris uh, for his defense and stepping up to the challenge against some really good perimeter players that they have opposite him.
1: Joel Embiid not listening to the space right now, but chiming in on Tobias Harris' defense, echoing Devon Givens last night immediately post game. Joel said, man. Tobias has been great. He's been doing a really good job on Pascal, really whoever he's guarding. He's had a couple of key stops, and he's been doing that all series. Matt, I want to get back now into a little bit more on Joelle, but I like what Winona had to say. Winona said Tobias is bringing his A-game consistent, consistently, and she said, You could hear my whole apartment complex screaming. That is what I love to hear. I was in Toronto last night. Not that many people screaming on behalf of of Sixers fans. The the Raptors fans were amazing last night. So loud, so engaged. Uh, Yeah, maybe even at times a little bit too loud in in certain ways. That being said, the Sixers themselves celebrated one another on the court. It was absolutely beautiful to see that joy on Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Danny Green's faces. And then you look over to the bench and Furkan Korkmaz is beaming and Shake Milton is freaking out it was really really cool and i love to hear about winona's complex as well, well um, I, Matt, you had more on go yeah, ahead
0: i am beaming just reading people's reactions from what they were feeling in the moment um victor was walking back from bible study s76 said "Joel and i had the same exact celebration after the shot Capital G. I was watching it in my bed and just jumped out of it as it went in. My girlfriend really didn't like it. Haha. Ha. There's there's some Caesar or Caesar. Hi Matt, I'm from Italy. So that shot clocked at four forty seven AM. I was watching the game in bed. I jumped so hard I hurt my ankle and woke up my sister. What a night. That's dedication. That is dedication. I hope everyone I hope the ankle is okay. But four forty seven AM in Italy, and, and there are more stories coming in like that, the Sixers fans, they deserved that shot. Joel Embiid giving them something to really root for. Um and I, I'm sure you guys are getting similar messages, but I can't get enough of this stuff.
1: Capital G says, Amazing W, I just finished rewatching the game and I'm still in amusement. A big Hungarian fan over here. We always talk about this, but it's awesome, awesome, awesome to have so many international fans and listeners in the Twitter Spaces community. If you're listening internationally, let us know where you're listening from. If you're listening in the Philadelphia area, we love you too. If you're listening in Toronto, we love you as well. Let us know where you're listening from. Thanks for writing Capital G. Um, I wanted to talk quickly, and and we've done it a little bit. We're sort of all over the place this morning, which I think is to be expected after a victory like that. Um, But at MayTakeTime says, Hey, Lauren, thanks for answering community questions. Quick one. How did the 2019 series against Toronto shift Embiid's goals and ambitions as a professional athlete? Look, the only person that can accurately answer that question is Joel Embiid. But something I really liked that he said in the beginning of the series back in Philadelphia is that the thing that's changed the most for him, and obviously his game has grown immeasurably over the last three years, but he says the thing that's changed the most for him is the way that he's able to handle the Raptors. Not get frustrated, not get too in his head, not get too emotional. They've always guarded him extremely well. They're very well coached. They're creative. It's a team that Joel historically, regardless of actually who their personnel is, has struggled against. And hearing him talk when we were back in South Philadelphia about the way that he's grown as a person and is able to handle things with more maturity, less frustration, less emotion, was on full display last night. Because, guys, it was a very hostile environment for Joel Embiid. And afterwards, he talked about how much he loves that type of environment, Could never be me, just by the way. Um, The amount that he loves that type of environment. He thrives in that type of environment. But I don't know how well he would have handled that type of environment three years ago when he talked about getting more frustrated and being more emotional. Seeing him handle it with the poise and grace that he was able to handle it with and then ultimately silence what he had heard for the two and a half hours preceding that shot it was really, really cool to watch. The growth of Joel Embiid is one of the best stories in the NBA right now, maybe one of the best stories in the NBA ever. This guy is amazing. I can't wait for the Joel Embiid movie one day because it's going to be awesome, and that shot is going to be part of it.
2: Yeah, that that is, again, one of those defining moments. And the, he, the old Joel Embiid, to your point, would have picked up a technical foul and maybe— uh, would have picked up that technical foul in the wrong spot and, and not help the team out there. But this Joel Embiid, as you said, is staying composed, under control, and doing what he needs to do. And that's why when I brought up the shot, stating that it, there's a lot that goes into it, he had to, again, settle down and not rush it and, and not get sped up again like he did early on in the game and square up and have his feet set and shoot shoot the shot and not just throw the shot up there. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, let's talk about the play. Well, at the time before, right when Doc Rivers called the timeout, Embiid had to have a heave before the official actually, or we knew the official blew the whistle for the timeout. So to gather himself during that timeout, come out for that ATO, and do everything that needed to happen and execute that play—that's what we're talking about when we're speaking about the growth of Joel Embiid and. Mentioning again, that's what superstars do. That's why he's a the player that he is looked at the way that he is in this league amongst his peers and the fans overall. That's why he gets under the skin of other fans because he's so good and, and he handles the way, the way things need to be handled now. So you hope that he can continue to do it as a great starting place with these first three games and certainly to hit that shot last night, a defining
0: moment. Right. And Joel arguably got a good technical earlier in the series further showing his maturity and and he's such a smart person and, and basketball player and he seemingly watches so much basketball and so many other sports but he's always got his eye on the nba oftentimes after games from what we've gathered you know checking in on other star players and other teams in, in their conference and things like that so he's seen a lot of different situations he has a very good feel for what is needed and when and obviously at the end of overtime a uh, uh a game-winning shot was needed in in game three. But, Devon, Uriah asked a question in a tweet earlier, and you've mentioned Doc Rivers' timeout, which was very well used before the shot. Uriah's question was, what Doc Rivers' coaching moves stand out to us the most in this series? How would you answer that question?
2: Uh, Well, uh, again, just... Number one, starting Danny Green from game one, uh, knowing that you were going to be without one of your better players, starting off there, uh, making sure to stress the physicality uh, that they need to do. And again, to just be themselves. And something that he has said overall, just we have to go out there and be ourselves and play our brand of basketball. And that's something that Doc Rivers has has stressed. The timeouts have been really good. The ATOs have been really good as well. Now sharing these minutes where Danny Green gets extra minutes. He was 46 minutes and 15 seconds last night. George Niang picked up his minutes from the game number two where he got in foul trouble. Not the case where that was a worry last night. So you give the extra minutes there. The few minutes that you also, Doc Rivers is doing giving to Paul Reed with the eight minutes and 32 seconds that he had last night with uh uh with uh, uh George Joel Embiid on the bench and then how he's now also using his his starters to again stagger how he is using those. And during the regular season it was Maxie and Embiid together, Harris and Harden together. We're seeing a lot more now of Harden and Embiid together. And again everyone really where they're tolling close to 48 minutes or close to 40 minutes in general in a normal regulation. So Doc Rivers is, he's pressing a lot of really good buttons. And then the zone, he and Dan Burke getting together last night for that second and third quarter, implementing that zone. That was a great call by those two guys together in unison, figuring out that that's how they needed to slow down the Raptors a little bit more and and frustrate them defensively. So I, I give, yeah, hats off to Doc Rivers, his coaching staff, for some of the adjustments that they've made in picking up these three wins.
0: Devon mentioned Danny Green. Gina mentions Danny Green to us as well. Also here for Danny Green, absolutely killing it this series. That's from Gina. Thanks for listening. I'm going. Can I also, back to, can I also say this ahead. real yes. fast about
2: the Danny Green part? He has some key rebounds uh, defensively on the defensive side to uh, jump up. Look, Danny Green, the dunk, fantastic. But you know, he's not the Danny Green of old where he can get up and finish the way he used to and sky up there. And he had some really clutch rebounds in traffic as well and not having the ball stripped away from him or turn the ball over there. Uh, So I wanted to add that part to it when you speak about Danny Green before we move on, because the seven rebounds that he had uh, again last night, five of which were defensive, two were were offensive and one big one in the overtime session. I just wanted to make sure that that was pointed out and not overlooked as well.
0: I know that we're going to get some more post-game reactions. Um, Lauren's going to cover us with that. I want I want to go back to the well of listener reactions because I'm trying to get through a lot of these, and these are all people's reactions to Joel Embiid's game-winning shot. Connor says, I was screaming like a child while my whole family was sleeping. It was totally worth it. The shot was incredible. Um, Fern... I pissed my parents off yelling so damn hard. Embiid hitting that shot was a spiritual experience. Tim was packing up my apartment in California and screamed so loud that I'm sure they're glad I move out today. I then blasted the Sixers song on repeat full volume. That is how it's done, Tim. That is a great story. And Lauren, what else do we have from postgame in Toronto? Because the players talked about the shot, but... Obviously, they talked about the game as a whole.
1: Um, Ray says, listening from London, we love that. Carol says, Carol here again from Kenya, we love that. Thanks for everybody that's telling us where you're listening from internationally. Carol stayed up extremely late, letting us know that the game started at 2:30 and was she was too they were too nervous to to watch or or listen to the game, so watched on nba.com, then played it for 10 minutes, then woke up at 8 a.m. and watched highlight after highlight. It was well worth missing the sleep. I agree with Carol. I understand as well. Avocati and Lunbust. Avocati asks, um, can you talk about the can you talk about the overall locker room vibes after the game?" Yes, I can. It was really really cool to watch the guys run back. Again, it was extremely loud for the entirety of the game. And then really cool to be on the side that was happy to hear it get quiet at the very end. It really wasn't quiet in there until the very end. And the Sixers all embraced one another on the court, got off the court pretty quickly. Tobias Harris, perhaps, was the happiest of the bunch. It was really cool. If you watch Tobias over his career... He's a businessman. He's very serious about his job. He takes it very seriously. He takes losses really seriously. And he's oftentimes pretty calm and collected after a victory. Tobias Harris was really excited after this win. It was awesome to see his joy. There was definitely some exhaustion in the mix as well. The Sixers, of course, have only had one day off between each of games one, two, and three. And that, of course, is not something that they're unfamiliar with after the regular season. But because of the intensity of the playoffs, uh, those games are more tiring than a regular season game would be, both physically and emotionally, for sure. So the Sixers now have a Thursday-Friday to recollect themselves here in Toronto, and then move on to Game Four with an opportunity to sweep. You asked about what the post-game reaction was like. Joel Embiid <laughs> was in there; he was not shy, letting people know that he was going to be going for the sweep on Saturday, and the Sixers have the opportunity to do just that. I know there was a lot of internet reaction, the in-person reaction, perhaps a lot quieter than the internet reaction was on Sixers Twitter. Uh, but Matt Devon, watching it on the broadcast, watching it in the studio, Devon. Any other takeaways on what it felt like to see fortunes shift so quickly?
2: Yeah, I'm all about that. Even when we're at, at the center, uh, just kind of get that crowd reaction because we're so close to it. And you, of course, being on the ground there in, in Toronto. But yeah, I, I, I watched the background a lot of things. And that's why I did notice the guy uh, on his knees after Embiid hit the shot. But yeah, I, I watched the crowd from that side view, uh, from the television view and to see the the hands go on the top of the head the oh no reaction or the uh the one that we we didn't talk about James Harden's reaction where he swung the towel slapping the floor with the towel out of just pure excitement after the the shot went down and and beat and the rest of the teammates were starting to come back to the huddle the sideline and yeah I I I get a kick out out of seeing those things I didn't see much of what the Raptors or even Nick Nurse had to say post-game, but I'd imagine that they were really, you know, dejected by, by those things. But to see the fan base quieted the way that they were and being so into it, the way... there's I me mean, some key shots from OG and Anobi hitting some tough ones with the shot clock winding down and those, those fans going nuts as they should have been. It seemed like a great atmosphere, but to see one shot from the guy that they're, again, on all game long... And for them to, for him to quiet them the way that he did, uh, it was really, really fun to see it all just come down that way and uh, see what they can do for an encore in Game 4.
1: M-P-H-E-S-T-V-I-R. I don't know how to say all those letters put together, but I really like the question. How often does a coach draw up a play for their center to shoot a three with the game on the line? Here's the answer. Not very often, but it worked out super well for the 76ers last night. Matt, you go ahead.
0: I actually want, I mean, it feels like every time I'm coming back to the last play and we've already sent it to Vaughn's way a million times to talk about the shot from the left wing. But he did, Doc Rivers did draw it up for Joel and they actually in the postgame coverage all over nationally, they had the inside the huddle with the exact play and who was doing what and you see Tyrese break to the other side. You see George go. You see the incredible screen from Tobias. And it's just a shot that the players even mentioned just trusting and and having seen Joel make it so many times. And they know that he has that shot, which is incredible for someone his size to be comfortable shooting it like that. And he even did it in this game from the same spot over Achua to tie it at 98. So it's something that he's just good at. And Devon, you said Nick Nurse. Um, and we're staying on that last play, just, I guess, because I can't get away from it. Nick Nurse was scrambling. He's running down the sideline. He's pulling Fred Van Vliet off the ball, sending him below the, the line. And it, it was just uh, the Sixers had everything going. And they were so ready to do what they had to do. And the Raptors were were nervous and they were scrambling and, and Nick Nurse included was trying to get Fred Van Vliet off the ball and it allowed Danny just to throw it straight into Joel and he shot it with confidence.
2: Yeah, again, great execution and just those little small details of what needs to happen in order for a play like that to, to follow through. So um, they've tried everything. They've, they've done everything, all the, the adjustments that they could make. I'm not sure where else they can actually go. Um, going forward but of course they'll be ready on Saturday afternoon but uh, for, for that execution to, to play out the way that it did and drawing up a play for your, your big guy at 7-2 at to be able to take that shot and we've all seen him whether it's in the practice session at the end where we're in there or at the games where they're warming up and he shoots that shot all the time so it's, it's not as if he hasn't done it before and Matt you mentioned it he He hit a very similar shot a little early on. I take it back to the shot that he made in game two, falling out of the bounds towards the Raptors bench, where he hit that three-pointer with the shot clock winding down again. So it's not uncommon to see him make that type of shot. It's just, of course, where it was, the moment, the time, the situation, and what was on the line for him to do it. We're going to be We're going to be dice. There are not enough questions about that shot and and what happened. So uh, keep bringing them because that that is one that it's probably the play of the playoffs so far through uh, three games, not only in the Sixers series, but the entire NBA playoffs.
1: I hope to be talking about that play for a very long time. Devon, one other 76er that I wanted to get to before we wrap up. We haven't talked about him on this space nearly as much as we did in the last two. And I don't think that that's necessarily fair. Mr. Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese has been stupendous in his first three starts in his playoff career. Obviously started the series with that playoff career high, 38 points, four rebounds, two assists in game one. One, 23 points, one assist and two rebounds. One rebound and two assists, rather shy of his first playoff career and career triple-double in Game 2. Finished with 23 points, nine rebounds and eight assists. And then last night, 19 points four rebounds and assist and a steal Tyrese now someone that the opposing team really has to game plan for so it honestly makes a little bit of sense we knew that he wasn't going to score 38 even though he probably could in every game of this playoff series to see him level out just a little bit now but still be in that 20 point per game range is something that the Sixers are absolutely going to rely on moving forward he adds such a burst he adds such speed to this team he's exactly what they need when the game slows down because of the way that he can take over so quickly he did so last night in the second half a couple times and then obviously had a strong overtime period as well it's been nothing but a joy to watch Tyrese in these playoffs and I'm so excited to see what's to come he's obviously not even close to his ceiling yet uh, and it's been really really special to watch him so far Um, Devon I'm curious your thoughts when you zoom out over games one two and three all together the body of work that Tyrese Maxey has put together so far in these playoffs
2: Showing why many believe that he is a star in the making uh, with what he has done with the 38 in game one, 23 in game two and last night the 19 and not overlooking, of course, those two buckets that he had to, to start the scoring off of the Sixers. The first one being the layup opportunity to give them their first lead of the night and getting another basket as well for them in the overtime period. He has just really shown that now that he is on the scattering report that he has to be ready, and he is up for the challenge because they were prepared for for Tyrese Maxey last night. They defended him really well, made him take some tough shots, and while he, he turned the ball over five times, of course you don't want to see that. But uh, as a young player, they're going to do some different things. They're going to blitz him a different way. They're going to show him different looks, and they were they were going to have that energy anyway. Down two zero going back home for the first time for that game number three and he settled down he settled himself down he did have a tough shot towards the end of regulation where he didn't hit rim but that was a rush shot because the the shot clock just started to wind down he has been really really good in, in these playoffs he's gotten the attention of a lot of people now most importantly the Toronto Raptors and how they need to defend him his speed is on full display it's really difficult to, as soon as he gives one little shift, a little jab to the left, whether it's uh, before he puts the ball on the floor or in the dribbling motion and he just has the the hip movement to to go towards his left and then bring it back right or uh, vice versa, right to left and then get to the basket and finish it, whether it's at the rim, a runner, a floater, a pull-up jump shot, and certainly the three-point shots that he's now starting to make. The overall package is there as the three-level scorer, defensively digging in much more, knowing that they're going to need that help. He, he, has been, he has been as important as anyone else in this series as to why they are up 3 nothing right
0: now. Speaking of Tyrese Maxey, I wanted to get this in, and I'm going to pose it to you, Devon Givens. It's from Alir, who is a big fan of the podcast. So if you don't listen to these live on Twitter, I realize that some of the podcast listeners, there's a chance that some of them don't even know that we're live on Twitter after games here on Sixers Twitter Spaces, and that's where these questions and comments come from. But the podcast feed is 76ers insiders and Alier listens to the podcast. So I told them that I would cover this. Um this question came in on Tuesday night. It was about Tyrese getting snubbed from the most improved player conversation with with the finalist coming out and Wanted our thoughts on that. The finalists are Darius Garland, John Morant, DeJounte Murray. I think the short answer or the easiest answer is that Tyrese Maxey and the Sixers have their focuses set on a lot more than an award-like most improved player. But any general thoughts on guys of that caliber being the finalists and some some all-star level players being in that group and Tyrese Maxey not being in that finalist group, Devon?
2: I, I thought he would be but when you look at the list of those three that you just mentioned all three all-stars as well so it is tough to overcome that they are still young players just like maxi is maybe a year or two ahead of him but he'll get there and and he'll get there and i'm sure he wants the recognition but he'll also take the recognition of of the team winning versus that individual award so i think it was really about the, the big jump that John Moran had, certainly the same for Darius Garland and what DeJounte Murray was able to do for that San Antonio Spurs team with uh, a new look of how they look and the way that he also played as a 2 way player defensively and having a big stamp on being an improved player and talking talking about him in the All-Star conversation. Maxie was there early in the year and then he tailed off a little bit and picked it back up. So I, I don't know if it was more of the defense that started to figure out what he likes and try to take away from him, make things difficult, but as he started to ascend and again get better overall as an offensive player and defensively as well, uh, just looking at him, I thought he would be in there, but I I do also understand that when you look at the three all-stars that they have, it's kind of hard to ignore them improving at at such a young age to get to that level again and making the all-star team.
0: Lauren, what else do we got as we wind down here because you know that before we end the show I'm going to read more fan reactions to the Embiid shot and no one can stop me but what else did you want to get in
1: I'll just read one more reaction from another non-spaces listener necessarily Mr. James Harden the first thing he said when he came to the podium on Joel Embiid quite simply that's the MVP of the league right there so, Joel, a finalist for the MVP award, but whether or not he actually gets it, he's showing exactly why he is an MVP level player. So, from one MVP to another, James Harden to Joel Embiid, uh, some well-deserved praise. Matt, I'll let you sort of shut shut this one down with some fan reactions, because you've had all of them, um, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. And then we can all go about our days smiling, because this this one is is worth celebrating for at least a few more hours.
0: Listen, I'm I'm going to miss some people and I want to hear final thoughts from Devon or anything you want to add at the end, Lauren, but we don't have to shut it, shut it down with this. I can't get to everyone. I'm going to sort through some of these before our next show and maybe come back to them. But there are some ones that stand out new wave nearly tore my ACL running around the house after the game winner (laughs) slipped in the kitchen I hope you are okay, a new wave. Dave was in an RV in staff camping at Coachella, lost my mind and scared everyone to the point where security came and did a wellness check. Coachella, watching the, the Sixers ending and security getting called. That is, that is quite the story. I was in the middle, Ani was in the middle of a quiz and almost dropped my laptop, crying emoji. Mike, after that final shot, my sister and I were jumping and screaming and accidentally scared my dog awake, and he was shaking, LOL, laughing emoji, crying emoji. So a common thread has been people or animals sleeping in the house and getting woken up, but just ask for forgiveness because it was a shot that is so memorable and and will live on. And yes, it's the first round, and yes, there's still work to be done. But the Sixers go up 3-0, a big win on the road, because Devon and Lauren, if if they if it becomes 2-1 and the Raptors have a Saturday afternoon game at home, it's a much different series. And putting themselves ahead 3-0 in a spot where you're more than likely getting the job done, it, it was a big shot for a lot of reasons. And I think you could hear that in Joel's voice after the importance of of getting that win. And there's no one cooler than Joel Embiid because he's talking to Drake after and talking smack, and he's just the coolest guy in the room seemingly every time. Stayed calm, willed his team to victory, and then just, you know, gives it a little bit to Drake after the fact in Toronto. And another game coming up Saturday at 2 p.m., game four, Devon, some people have asked about focus and if the Raptors, paraphrasing here, but if the series is, for all intents and purposes, over because of that shot and how deflating it might be for the Raptors, still work to be done on Saturday. And the Sixers have to come out, and you would expect to get off to a good start since it is a day game.
2: You would expect them to get off to a better start than what we saw last night. And Toronto's not going to just lay down. They, they are a competitive team. Maybe Scotty Barnes will try to give it a go uh, just to try to extend their season as as long as they possibly can. It's going to be tough, of course, to win four consecutive games over the Sixers and come back and win this series. But you're going to get the best effort from that Raptors team, as we always talked about, coming into the series. And that that hasn't changed. They're well coached and they have some talented players that even with Scotty Barnes, they, they gave the Sixers a, a big time fight in the scare last night. So uh, I expect them to be ready in game number four. And it's never easy to close out a team. And now that with all the emotion and everything, this is why I think it's also important to have the two days off instead of just the one day. You have a little time to decompress and take a step back and get back to the task at hand, which is to win the next game and not be on an emotional high. And now that you have the extra day of Friday before the Saturday game, it's pretty big for the Sixers. And I also wanted to say the one part that you mentioned of the person saying they almost tore their ACL. Lauren and Matt, you guys know I tore my ACL in 2019. Uh, take it easy over there with the celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That hits too it would close be mem- to
0: home for you. It,
2: yeah, it would be memorable, but <laughs> it would be, that would be a long road back. So take it easy over there.
0: Doc Rivers game quote, that was a hell of a win. We didn't play great, honestly. Then the last play, they ran it right. Good win for us. We'll take it. The Sixers will take it into game four at 2 p.m. on Saturday, April 23rd. Coming up 2 p.m. Eastern, game four is also in Toronto. And the Sixers go in with a 3 nothing lead. Joel Embiid with 33 points and 13 rebounds plus the game-winning shot Lauren thanks for running point as always thanks for the great coverage from Toronto Devon thank you Lauren looking forward to everything you've got on the ground between now and game four and then of course follow Lauren if you're not already for the atmosphere in the arena for game four where the Sixers can move on on Saturday Lauren thanks so much Devon thanks so much
1: Thanks, Matt. Guys, this is going to be an exciting game for the Sixers, ready to bring it, ready for the opportunity to make this a quick one, get a little bit of rest, they hope, ahead of a second round series. Danny Green said it after game two, playoff series don't get interesting until someone steals one on the road. Well, let's just say things just got interesting for the 76ers who steal game three on the road, an opportunity to steal another one and call it a day for the quarterfinal series. We do these after every Sixers win, so we will hope to be back with you on Sunday discussing what the 76ers were able to do on Saturday. Even if that isn't the case, we'll be back ahead of a game five. We'll be back ahead of a new game one, and we're looking forward to doing that with you. If you came in here late, these podcasts are available on the 76ers Insiders podcast feed to so make sure you're following that wherever you get your podcasts, Matt Devon, you guys are the best. Devon Givens, you want the last word?
2: Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, a game like this can certainly rally a team and pull them closer together. And Lauren and Matt, you've talked about how close knit this team is all season. The veterans keeping everything intact with all that had had going on in the early part of the season. But something like this can really pull a team together and there's still so much more basketball to be played, not only in this series, but if they're fortunate enough to move on and move on to the second round and potentially further. You remember games like this and being together in a spot like that, especially on the road. So um, again, we've been saying it all spaces long that this is a tremendous win. It's a great team win. Uh, even with the one individual having a defining moment and knocking down a shot that's going to be tagged along to him for a very long time but this team is a a, a good team and uh, we'll see how they rally together once again for game number four Saturday Lauren Matt thank you as always I appreciate you always having me thanks to all the listeners out there as well
0: Find great brands like Kohler at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.